0: Well, um, you know, if you if you missed the message on Sunday, you know, as we're coming into the new year, I had some specific things in my heart concerning truth and um, you know how that applies. You know, God's word the, the word of God says that his truth will will make us free. And so we talked we touched on some things concerning uh, truth and uh and touched on some things, you know, in the world. There's a lot going on in the world and some different events and just different circumstance in the world. And, and touched on that in that context with truth. And I encourage you, if you didn't hear it, uh, go back and listen to that. Tonight, you know, we're still, we're getting into to 2021. Um, and it's always different going into a new year. I just have some things in my heart to, to give us a good dose of. This evening, you know, you, um, you, need, uh, you need food, different types of food, and, and sometimes, you know, if you don't get certain vitamins and minerals that you haven't had for a while, you know, you, you need them. You need different types of nutrients and whatever, and uh, that's the same spiritually, and so I have it on my heart just to, to cover some things and uh, give us a good shot in the arm in these areas. Um, If you could, you know, it's always different going into a new year and this, you know, I mentioned this a little bit on Sunday, but this year, I don't know, was it just us or, you know, you're getting done with this year. That's different. Nobody, nobody really uh, was crying about 2020, but just usually when you go into that new year, everybody's like, yeah, you know, new year, new you, and they're all like, woohoo, and this time is kind of like, well, we knew where we were last year going into this, and it was just kind of this, ten- I didn't get as near as many like, hey, Happy New Year's, and when they were, they were subdued. <laughs> Everybody's kind of like, I'm not saying that not unbelief, it's just kind of like, it's just a, an aura of, well, we're going into this thing, and uh, it's a little bit different when you just came out of that, because it's like everybody last year, you know, they were partying in the streets and, and all that, and... They, you know, they didn't know what was, was going to happen a little bit, none of us uh, did, but God's on the throne. You know, you remember, um, how many of you remember the Y2K bug 1999? You know, you guys were like, what, three, two, my kids weren't born, you know, uh, it wasn't that long ago, but. Uh, that, you know, being having a technical background and seeing that, um, I mean, I, I could see the validity. I was like, yeah, if there's embedded software and they don't have the right, uh, they didn't program those things right and they're not something you can update easily, yeah, there could be a problem, but there was no problem. I mean, do you guys remember leading up to that? People thought, I mean, it could have been meltdown come come January 1st at midnight, because, you know, the whole thing was people didn't necessarily program dates and systems to go past December 31st, 1999, and so everything's going to blow up. Well, nothing really happened. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, a big deal. But, uh, you know, we're headed into a, another new year, and uh, God's on the throne, just like he was then. He's on the throne now. Amen. And sometimes when you look back at that stuff, you think, oh, you know, you realize what what everybody was uh, getting so excited about, and then, you know, we're 20 years later. And it's kind of a joke now. (laughs) I mean, then, they they were trying, if you, there's a certain programming language called Cobalt, which nobody really used except in certain systems, but all of a sudden, there's a demand for Cobalt programmers, because they're like, we need to change these systems, and they're, you know, paying them a bunch of money and stuff, but it's, It's way in the past. But let's look at 1 Peter um, 5, verse 6. God is a good God. 1 Peter 5, verse 6. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. Verse 7, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares Verse 7 says, Casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. In the Amplified Classic, it says, Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on Him, for He cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. I really like the Amplified on that one. Let's read that again. It says, Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on Him. For He cares for you. Everybody say, He cares for me. He cares for me me affectionately. Say that. And He cares about me watchfully. What does that mean? He's watching. He cares for you. He knows what's going on in your life. He's not oblivious. He's not, you know, unconcerned, just, you know, just looking away, going whatever. They're on their own. God knows every bit of everything that is going on in your life. He knows the details. There is no detail that's too natural for him. You know, the Bible says he knows the number of hairs on her head. Well, if he knows that, you don't know that. I don't know that. Don't really want to know that. You know what I mean? You don't spend time on that. That's too, I don't know, has anybody counted, tried to count the number of hairs on your head? So you've never done that. Maybe somebody's raising their hand out uh, online. I don't know. But those are things you're not even spending time on, and he knows that. How much the things you may think, well, I don't know if this is really something God would take uh, interest in. He knows. He knows about it. He knows everything about it. He knows exactly what concerns you and he cares about you, cares for you affectionately. It gives a picture of, you know, he loves you. He doesn't just, yeah, I'm God, I know it, but so what? I know it, I know what's going on in your life. No, he cares, he knows it, but he's affectionate about it and about you watchfully, that means he's interested He's he's seeing what's going on. He sees, you know, when we have uh, pressure or pain or anything, we're never going through it alone. God knows. He he sees it. Now, the more we understand this, the more we'll deal with it in the right way. But let's look at uh, those words. It says, casting the whole of your care, all of your anxieties, all of your worries, all of your concerns. Well, what is anxiety? What is worry? What is concern? When it says concern, it's talking about being overly concerned. I mean, of course, you have to be concerned about certain things. Like, if you're not concerned with anything, you know your life's going to be a wreck. So you gotta, you got to be concerned with it, but be overly concerned. In other words, you're, you're, you're spending too much energy on something. You're worried, anxious. What are all those things? They're fear. Every one of those things, they're fear. Fear, now just the the dictionary definition. Merriam-Webster has two main definitions of fear. The emotion, number one, the emotion experienced in the presence or threat of danger. Something's in front of you, people are like, you know, I'm afraid of that. And then number two, an uneasy state of mind, usually over the possibility of an anticipated misfortune or trouble. That's fear. Synonyms for fear. Now this is, I'm going to read you a lot of words, but every one of these words, when we read these words, anxiety, worry, concern, that's not just in a bubble by itself, they're all fear. There's no reason you're anxious unless you're afraid of something. Anxiety is giving too much attention to something. You're too concerned with it. It may never happen. Your concern for it outweighs the threat. That's anxiety. Well, why would you be concerned? You're afraid. Why would you be worried about something? You're not worried about something unless you're afraid. They're all fear. So you could sum up all of it just saying fear. Now listen to these words. Alarm, fear. Anxiety is fear. I'm not going to keep saying fear, but you can think. Fear, fear, fear. (laughs) Dread. Fearfulness. Fright. Panic. Now you see these are degrees. Somebody that's panicked, you say, well, that's different being anxious. It's the same root. It's just a little bit of fear to flat out crazy. You know, running into walls, trying to get out of the building. Panic. Scaring, scare, terror. (laughs) That is fear unhinged. Somebody's in terror, they are beside themselves, but it's still the same thing. Just having a little dread is the same thing as being in terror, it's just, it's just the degree, you know? It's like you got the lever here. The lever's back here for dread, and you just put it into overdrive for terror. Anguish. Desperation. Discomfort. Now these, these are more on that second definition, you know, that fear of the possibility or something. These other ones we read, I mean, they're, these are all related, but they're, they're all, you're afraid of something that's going to happen, something that's in front of you. It's all just, I mean, we have a lot of words. I haven't even gotten through half of them. There, there are a lot of words that are nuanced, but you could just sum it up. If you replaced fear with every one of you, it would still make sense in any sentence. Uh, strain, stress. Why are we stressed? Now, there's good stress. You know, you can be stress, you know, stressing your muscles to, to build them or something. There's eustress and then there's distress. But stress, when it's the bad type, like we're talking about, it's just you're afraid of something. Tension, you know, something's tense. Well, if you're tense, there can be other ways of tension, but, you know, tension because you're afraid of something. Discomfort can, can be caused by fear. Dismay, distraction, distress. Disturbance, edginess, franticness, hand-wringing, jitters, angst, torment, being upset, vexation, doubt, foreboding, suspense, uncertainty. These are all, at the root, fear. Now, of course, there's a ton of it in the world right now. And people wouldn't say that. Well, I'm not afraid, but I'm jittery. Why? why? Let's look at this in a couple other versions. Now you can see, after reading all this, look at the, the Living Bible, 1 Peter 5, 7. It says, Let him have all your worries and cares, for he is always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. So let him have all your fear. It says worries and cares here, but we know that's fear. Because if you're worried and you're caring too much about something, you're afraid. Why? Let him have all your fear. Somebody say, all my fear. You don't want to claim fear, but anything that is trying to push on you, anything, all fear... You let him have it. Why? For he is always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. This is how we're going to come against fear and actually overcome it, is by replacing any thoughts that would cause the fear with the truth That God is watching me, that he is thinking about me, that he's concerned about me, and not out in the distance, but if we really take that as truth, now he is with me, he's thinking about what I'm doing, he's concerned about it, now if that's true, and he actually cares about me, and he's the most powerful being in the universe, now that's going to change the way I look at everything, and it will push out fear. See, now, if it's, an, it's a religious idea or, you know, Christian-easy idea, that, of course, you know, we're not supposed to be afraid and God loves me, but I don't really get it locked into me that he loves me. Loves me. <laughs> loves me. You know, you actually. He loves me in the God kind of religious way out there, but not loves me like my best friend or my spouse. See, if we'll bring it home to where... Somebody, If you can think of somebody that truly cares for you, God loves you more than that. The way that person would be attentive to you. you know, They wouldn't just blow you off. Oh, they see you're hurting or something or you need something. They would help you. God loves you more than that. Well, now, if you start getting that into your mentality in this circumstance, whatever it may be, well, now that's going to start changing the way we're viewing things, and fear will just go out automatically. The more we're convinced of that, it will drive out fear, and it will be replaced. It will be replaced with the opposites of fear, which we'll get to. In the Wycliffe Bible, same verse, it says, and this is more, you know, uh, King Jamesy." and cast ye all your busyness into him. I liked this and I wanted to bring this out because it brings out you know, a nuance about when we talk about fear. For to him is care of you. Uh, cast ye all your busyness into him. Look at all these words. They have like uh, some kind of thing and people will actually start moving around. Pacing, you know, pay, people will pace back and forth. People you know, doing something with their hands. Uh, there's this busyness, I gotta, I gotta, what is that? It's, I, I'm, you know, you look at somebody and go, well, you, you okay, man? You, you worried about something? What? I mean, you're. Somebody's just looks like they're on edge, and maybe they had too much caffeine, but a lot of times, it's because they're just a little bit, they're anxious about something. In other words, they're afraid. And, it tends to come out in our body. And it tends to come out. There's so much of what we experience physically actually has its root in the fact that we are afraid, i.e., stressed, anxious, and so our body is not meant to bear up under that, and it will cause our body to break down. Let's look at Matthew 6:31. But there's a way out from that. We, we, as we get more convinced of how much God loves us, how much He He takes care of us, and let Him do it, then uh, we're going to be free from fear. Matthew 6, verse 31. It says, Therefore do not worry, this is Jesus, long passage here, a lot of context, we're not going to take time to read it. And, and he's talking about uh, the birds and how God takes care of them and uh, all that. And so he's saying, therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For all these things, or after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Verse 34, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. sufficient for the day is its own trouble. He said, do not worry about tomorrow. This brings, now all the uh, fear can be in so many areas, but this is something that's very prevalent even right now. It's always prevalent in the human race. But, we're talking about fear of what's going to happen. Fear of, do I, am I going to have enough? Fear of any condition. You know, something changing. Something coming about that's, that's going to make my life hard. And Jesus specifically says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Do not have fear about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. sufficient for the day is its own trouble. In the Passion Translation, it says this. It says, refuse to worry about tomorrow. Refuse to fear. Resist fear. Fear will come. Fear will try to push on you. Fear can come against you To the degree that the back of your, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up straight. Fear can come on you to the degree that your knees are knocking together, or you're jittery like we were talking about. But at that point, those are merely symptoms of fear. If you say, oh, I'm afraid, and start yielding to it, it will get worse exponentially. Like we said, it could be a minor dread to flat-out panic. But when you sense that, the right response is resist it. Push it back. Encounter it. This says refuse to worry about tomorrow. This is Jesus speaking. He is telling us, don't do it. Refuse. That means we have an option. Don't we? He wouldn't tell you refuse to do it. When you say refuse... That brings about the connotation, I have a choice, I will not. But fear tries to make you think you have no choice. And when you yield to it, it will try to fear is an emotion, it will try to drive you. And Satan tries to drive people with emotion. And a primary emotion he tries to drive people with is fear. When you are listening to fear, you are listening to the devil. Devil, the devil has a straight conduit into your life when you act on fear. If you do something because you're afraid, you are letting the devil control your life. In other words, if there's something in front of you that you're going toward and you get afraid and because you're afraid, you start turning in a different direction, it is like Satan having a direct control into your life to push you in the way he wants you to go. You think you're running away from the thing that's going to hurt you. In actuality, you're running right into the trap. Jesus said, refuse. Refuse. That means no. Now, you may experience such fear that it is trying to take over your body. That does not mean you've yielded to fear. That's when you have to push it back. You could be sitting, standing there and your body is starting to shake and you say, fear, I resist you in the name of Jesus. I will not allow it to dominate me. But notice he's talking specifically here, refuse to worry or to fear about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way. One day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. He's saying, deal with each challenge as it comes your way. Deal with what is in front of you now. Does that mean we don't plan for the future? No. You take care of what you need to do, but planning for the future is dealing with something today that you will have to deal with. Worrying is totally different. You can plan and take care of something and then move on to the next task for the day. Worry will stop you dead in your tracks. You can't move and you're worried about something that's two years down the road. Mm -hmm. And you're paralyzed today and tomorrow and the next day. You can't move because you're worried about what's going to happen and days are passing and you're doing nothing because you're worried about something that may never happen. Let's look at it in the message. I really like this in the message. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. I'm going to read it again. This is so important. Because you can waste so much time worrying and being in fear about something that never happens. Has anybody ever been concerned about something that turned out to be nothing? You, were, you know, you're concerned, you're worried, you're like, how, what, that, you know, maybe it was at work, maybe it was a family thing, and you showed up and there was nothing. Well, you just wasted a bunch of your time your mental energy, your emotional energy, your body got hit, it took a toll. That was strength you did not need to expend. What if you would have just been like, not not worried about that at all? Where could that concern, that that mental and emotional energy could have just been going into uh, productive endeavors? You could have conserved strength. You could have conserved energy. You would have been better to be around. And it all was for nothing. And you know what? The moment you, you can see that over and over, but the moment that gets done, you're like, oh, there'll be something right around the corner if you let it. Satan to say, well, yeah, that didn't happen, but, and they will start pointing you to the next thing. Well, there's still this. And you might have had a moment of relief because the thing you thought was going to happen didn't happen at all. You have relief, and then out of your, you know, consciousness comes up oh but there's still this and you go can go right back into worry mode you know we could get to the point where we actually realize wait a minute that didn't do me any good how did worrying about it do me any good when i actually had to deal with the situation all the time up to it if anything it weakened me for when i actually had to deal with it if it ever happened so what's the point why do that it says, give your entire attention to what, is God, to what God is doing right now. We all have something to do now. It means, doesn't mean the future is not important, but now we need to act now. If we don't act now, we're not going to be in a position later. Don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Well, if we're convinced about what we read in our first scripture, in 1 Peter, if we're convinced that God loves us and that He watches over us, He loves us, you know, in the, in the one version it said He cares for us affectionately and about us watchfully. If we're convinced he's caring about us and loves us, then we're not going to worry about the future and we're going to say, well, if that were to happen, God's there with me. See, sometimes the thought of the thing is worse than actually walking through it. If you thought that, wait a minute, if this were to actually happen, God would still be there. Mm-hmm. He would show me what to have. you said, say, well, you're not going to have enough money for such and such. Well, then we'll deal with that when I get there. And God's still on the throne well, if this happened and I had to deal with this with this relationship, well, God would give you words. He would show you how to deal with it. But worrying about it can be worse because the thing may never happen. It's not, it's, it's, a, it's a, a, a deceit. It's a trick. But Satan keep running it over and over and over and over and over and over. Big thing. You know, big thing, little thing, sideways thing, just as long as he can just keep, if he can keep you in a state of worry and agitation, he'll do it 24-7. Disrupt your sleep, disrupt your relationships, disrupt your health, get you to where you are so paralyzed you cannot do anything. That's what, you know, people end up where they have nervous breakdowns or, you know, completely lose their mind because they are so consumed. With, with A lot of times it's fear and stress and anxiety, which we've said are all the same thing. They, they get to where they're paralyzed with life. They can't deal any longer. The slightest thing, they're so afraid of something wrong happening, they cannot function anymore. That's all fear. And it all comes because we have an enemy and we're not convinced of the truth that God loves us. 2 Timothy 1, 7. The more we're convinced of the truth, then that what used to be fear can be turned on its head to where it's not just you're not fearing, but there's something else. It says here, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. This is on the offensive this is on you know taking ground this isn't neutral this isn't well i'm not afraid but i'm not really going anywhere either i'm i'm not i'm not i'm not going backwards but you know i'm kind of just here power and love love you know we've talked about uh, been talking about love. Love is God himself. Love never quits. Love never gives up. Love is always, you know, reaching out, positive, unconquerable, never fails. This isn't just love, you know, just... Uh, it's God. Sound mind. See, fear and worry will push you into not having a sound mind. It'll push you into having a a, a troubled mind. But God has not given us any of those things, and He's not just made us in the middle of the road. He's giving us a a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. That is taking ground. That is not cowering back, not only not cowering back, but stepping up, and going over, and being strong. Look at these words. Now I'm going to read you some of the antonyms for fear. We read all those words about what fear is. Look at the opposites. This is what God has given us. There's a lot of these words, but look at all, all the nuances that come from when we get secure and strong and know God's with us. Now you start acting like a child of God. When we're convinced of who's behind us, fear goes out the window and start, we start stepping forward. Doesn't matter what's going on, God's with me. Ne- antonyms, these are near antonyms for fear. Assurance, boldness, confidence, self-assurance. Now, we know that you, when you're assuring yourself here, we're talking about in Christ. Self-confidence, you could say God-confidence. You are, you are, uh, confident in you because you're in Christ and God's with you. So now, yeah, you're here and God's with you so we can get it done. Bravery. See, not cowering back, not just being us on the side, but now stepping up. That's God has given us. Bravery, courage. You know, we're going into a new year. We, we get, we're getting speed to where we are going not holding back, but going in the power and the attitude of God, and I want us to come up and start replacing any fearful thoughts and realize they have no place, and not only do they have no place, but we're going to be into the offensive mode, into the take-ground mode, into the God-is-with-me mode, courageousness, daring fearlessness. And that's really the word I had coming into this. Fearless. Fearless. That means there's no fear. What is that? Nothing. Nothing causes fear in you. Nothing. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter what somebody says. Doesn't matter what a report says. Nothing. They're fearless. Well, you're, this isn't going to work out for you. Okay. And I'll get to one word in just a minute. That's a direct antonym for fear, but these are all, helps us to, to paint a picture. Fortitude. What is that? That just, you just see solid fortitude, you know. Guts. Valor. Audacity. Words here, guts. Nerve. Calm, and then, you know, things that would counter that, that anxious and, and, and uh, part of it—the the definition of fear—calm, calmness, content. I mean, you can be brave and calm. I mean, if you're brave, you're not like oh. you're you're calm. I mean, you're not going to be afraid and brave. You can be calm and brave. You're just like yeah, yeah, we're going to win. <laughs> calmness, content, contentment. See, all these go together. When there's no fear, all these things are there. Sound mind, these all go with a sound mind. Love, contentment, ease, easiness, peace, peacefulness, quiet. These are all opposites of fear. Tranquility. Think of how far tranquility is from panic or terror. Comfort consolation, relief. This is what God wants us to walk in. And the the, the dictionary has all these words for antonyms of fear. It has one, or it has, these are all near antonyms. It has one for antonym of fear. It is unconcerned. And if you know God has you, and you know the Almighty is at your back, Something could come up, smack in your face, and you'd just be like, so what? And? Yeah, but they said, okay. I mean, can you see the absolute and utter confidence that if you know why that would be an opposite of fear, nothing shakes you. Nothing gets you rattled. Nothing gets you a little bit upset. Nothing gets you in terror or panic because you're like, that's the best you have? I have God on my side. I, I know him. He loves me. And? I mean, that is completely opposite of the word. They're like, no, but you should be upset now. Not. Not upset. In fact, I'm at ease. Comfort. Isn't it tranquil? What? You should be freaking out. God's not freaking out. He's with me. Unconcerned. See, some people think, you're out of your mind. If you're walking in faith, faith can be mistaken for, I mean, surely you should be upset. No, upset would be in fear. If you're unconcerned, that doesn't mean you don't care. Just like when we read in 1 Peter, uh, concern. you're not overly concerned. Are you, are you concerned about, so you're going to take care of your business, but you're not concerned about it not working out. For you and for what you're doing as we're serving God. Let's close with Psalm 27, verse 1. Psalm 27, verse 1. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Or what shall I fear? Or is there anything I shall fear? The answer is... There's no one. There's nobody. <laughs> I'm not gonna fear anyone. You're not concerned. That's what the, the psalmist is saying. The Lord is my light and my salvation. And what does what you're saying have to do with anything? <laughs> Whom? Who is it? What's his name again? What's their name? What's the organization? What? Who, who who do you want me to fear? Oh. And you're not talking about arrogance. You're just talking about bold confident. God is my, my, God's my rock. So nothing shakes me. We are fearless. Now th- that's what it's saying? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You can say, of what shall I be afraid? There is nothing I'm going to be afraid of. Zero. Fearless. If there's one word we can go away with tonight, it is fearless. And with it, unconcerned. (laughs) Because there is nothing you're afraid of. Nothing. Can you imagine if we walked around completely fearless, completely unconcerned? Walking through life, that means the world could be shaken. You're at ease. You know when you're at ease, you can hear God. You know when you're at ease, you're going to think clearly when everybody else is freaking out. You're the calm person in the world, in the room. You're the one that is going to act on what the Spirit of God is telling you. You're the one that's going to act logically, in line with God's Word and in line with the Spirit. You're the one that's going to keep their head on when everybody else is getting emotional because you're not afraid. Everybody's starting to run around and run into walls and, you know, go, go nuts and panic. You see right through it. Well, you can have advantages then. And you can do what God calls you to do effectively because you're not moved by the enemy's tool. He has no hook in you. That hook, it's like your Teflon. He tries to get I can't get anything in him or her. Nothing will I can't my fear will not hook. There's no, there's no fear. He can't drag you then. He can't push you then. He can't pull you then. You just keep walking where God has told you and unaffected. Amen.